Hello, friends, and welcome to this week's episode of the Easy Dizit Podcast, a podcast all about Disney travel planning and entertainment through the lens of mindfulness, behavioral science, and humor. I have a hunch you're going to enjoy today's podcast. And if you do, please be so kind as to leave us a review on iTunes and follow us on Spotify. That'll help us get into more listeners' ears. Also, tell your local librarian about us. A podcast is basically a weekly book for your ears. Today on the show, we're going to finish up the topic of preventing meltdowns in the parks with some behavioral strategies. After that, we're going to talk to my friend Nelson on our Not My Thing interview segment. But first, we've got news, trivia, and mailbag with Autumn. Hey, Autumn. Hey, everybody. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. We had a fun day, right? We had a fun day. We went to Six Flags New England. Not exactly Disney World in a couple different ways, but... Not exactly, but still like a really, you know, a really great time. And there was like all families today, so it was yeah. nice. It's hotter than Disney World. Like in the... Sh- that is, the- that's incorrect. That's a factual... Oh, okay. the, mm, Six right. Flags New England is in Massachusetts. You cannot say that it is hotter than... That's true. Orlando. Thank you for fact checking. Or Lake Buena Vista, Florida. Yeah, no, it's um, true. It feels I think hotter. it feels hotter. I think you no just shade. En- partially, but I think you just you enjoy it because let me tell you something about Justin. He hates the heat. He hates the heat and he hates lines and like those are the two major components of Disney and he doesn't complain at all there. Go figure. But anywhere else, <laughs> so which I get it, right? If you enjoy something, that makes sense. Yeah. But it's definitely and today was beautiful. It was yeah. like maybe eighty two. They have some great rides there too. Wicked Cyclone and yeah. Superman. And six flags. You got to ride some, yep. which was cool. Justin really likes bit like roller coasters, roller coasters, which Disney doesn't have. They don't have like big thrill ride roller coasters. So right. there was that for you, which was I nice. got to scratch that itch. Yeah, it, we were, and our daughter was a little upset. So we went to uh, really mainly they've got a huge water park called um, Hurricane Harbor, and we didn't realize that it was closed. So yeah. we go, we walk all the way. It is on the other side of the park. So we're there. We're with her. We got a stroller, Ready and all of a sudden, I'm talking like, about oh, swimming the whole time yeah i don't see anybody and then i see the gates and i'm like the gates are closed and then i see like the locker on the gate and it was like the saddest minute like and when new she's 19 months old so right her language her receptive language is is still growing but she she knew right away um and so we were able to uh we were able to turn that around and go do other things we ran her through the cooling shower a few times and she was laughing and fun yeah yeah so yeah good time overall so today, we've got mailbag. Uh, Lady Ginge Chilla writes in. I think mm. I'm pronouncing that correctly. Lady Ginge Chilla. <laughs> All right. So I have, I'm catching up on the podcast as I do work today. And last week's episode, your first question about the fountain on A Stumps J. Oh, that was your question. Yes. Uh, got me thinking there's another really interesting fact. And then she pasted here. Disney's been seeing things from the eyes of children for years. One of my favorites has been the sculpture of Cinderella in the courtyard outside Cinderella Castle. Any adult can see the image of her is she's working in peasant clothes. But if you get down to the eyes of a child level, you see that there's actually a crown above her head. How cool is that? And she showed the image here. Yeah, it's a re- it's really cool. And I imagine I didn't realize that. Um, so thank you for letting us know But that there's you know, several other places and things like mm-hmm. that in Disney. It's just another layer of detail that Disney puts in. Yeah. For like six year olds. That that. You're not gonna get that at six five, I'll tell you that. You will get some really <laughs> awesome if you're like love those big throw coasters. Uh, I was you won't necessarily get those right. I was looking at some of the facades on like the Main Street area in Six Flags and like really trying to look at it like I do at Disney World. 
you don't want to spend too much time looking at those facades. You see like nails sticking out and broken windows. And, oh, wow. Yeah, it's kind of bad. All right. And the second email comes in from Walid Mughal. Uh, he says, remove the tattoos painlessly and inexpensively without needing any overpriced experts hovering around over you, racking up huge bill for a simple, any simple as in all caps, a simple skin deep change. Click the link for free video demonstration. And he supplied a link for me. I didn't click the link, but it sounds interesting. Ooh, I am confused. I don't understand this. I don't know. A listener wrote in, Waleed. So I don't know. I'll ch- it sounds like a painless tattoo removal procedure. Thanks. Well, Thanks for writing in, Waleed. Oh, I appreciate okay. it. Cool. All right. So I guess we go right into news. Yep. You ready for news this week? I am ready for news. I, there was a lot of news, and some of it I did find normally. Yeah. Like, I'm not privy to it. But, you, but some of the news I do now, because there was so much, and there was a lot of people talking about it. Well, let's see if it comes up in today's show. Let's see. So if you're new to the show, uh, you should know that when we do news, we do highly suspect headlines, where I will read headlines to Autumn, some of which will be legit, and some of them which will be fake news, and Autumn has to pick. Sure. Autumn has to deduce. That's right. what I do. You ready for the first headline for deduction? Mm-hmm. Dedu- deducication? <laughs> Haunted Mansion remake adds Owen Wilson and Rosario Dawson to the cast. That's true. That's true. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the things that came up in it your came, feed? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that was... That, was that a, is legit. Well, actually, I shouldn't say that. It wasn't both of them, but something about Owen Wilson had come up, and so I yes. I assumed that that was the movie. I didn't know it was for that. Owen Wilson was right. earlier in the week, and then when I searched it tonight, I saw Rosario Dawson as well, which oh, is cool. Oh, that would be interesting. I guess I can see him. He's a goofy guy. Yeah. He was Lightning McQueen. Did you know that? No. Yeah. I was Because I wanted to watch that movie before Cars, before going to Disneyland. Oh, yes. And I like, I think think that's Owen Wilson, but I didn't want to believe it was Owen Wilson. Yeah, I did think. Oh, that's. (laughs) Wow. It is Owen Wilson. Okay. Cool. (laughs) It's a good job. One for one. One for one. Yeah. So he's joining um, Lakeith Stanfield and Tiffany Haddish. School. That's right. Right. I'm this, really this excited good. for Tiffany. Haddish. It sounds like they've got some funny. It's people. an interesting. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It's like Eddie Murphy's a funny guy, but I think he was like yes. the only comedian in that cast. So this sounds like this is gonna be more of like an ensemble cast, like a bunch of funny people. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. No, you know what? That's a good point, and maybe that's why if you didn't like the original Haunted Mansion, that was why. Because you're when I think about right the because cast, it, was it wasn't movie. balanced. No, it just wasn't balanced. First of all, I think it was a great family comedy. <laughs> Comedy, you're stretching the use of the word. Okay, ready for the second mm-hmm. headline. Disney announces all movies going forward will include a simultaneous release on Disney Plus. So when it comes out in the theater, it's going to come out on Disney Plus at the same time for the no. $30. No, no, no. 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 That's fake news? That's fake news. Two for two, Autumn. That's fake news. They actually just announced that going forward, we're done co-releasing on Disney+. I knew. Plus. Yeah, it's I knew just that was coming. Theaters. You know how I knew that was coming? How'd you know? Take a guess. This was another news item. Everything that happened with what's her name. Does it have to do with Owen Wilson? No. Oh. With um, Scarlett Johansson. But that, you mean, but also... Do you mean Scarjo? Scarlett Johansson is yes, what I mean. Scarjo. I don't know that she prefers to be called that, so I'm going to well, call her I'm by like the a... name that I know... She I mean, uses. you know, I'm kind of like a Hollywood insider, so. Yeah. <laughs> that's funny. Um, but that's, I'm sorry, because that's like, I feel like that's like a direct blow to her. That's what she wanted was a theatrical release. And now they're moving forward saying, oh, yeah, now we're only going to do theatrical releases. Right. That's yeah. well, a huge, like, slap I think they in the face, though, to her after maybe. that. But maybe it's also an acknowledgement that she was right. And that we need to stop doing this to people who we have contracts with. Yeah. 
you know. All right, third one. You ready? Mm-hmm. All right, so the Little Mermaid reboot is set to open Memorial Day weekend 2023. The re- is that what's supposed to be the live action? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think they're still going forward with that. I'm going to say that's true. Once again, it's true. Very good. Three for three. Nice. So, that was um, pause. They had to pause with the pandemic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Hallie Bailey made like a Twitter post, not a, or Insta post, you know, saying that she had wrapped. Not Hallie Berry. No. No, Hallie Bailey. Stop. Their names are that close? Their names are that close. And it's very confusing. So when I wrote it down, I had to all caps it. Wow, that's funny. Hallie Bailey plays yes. the Little Mermaid. Yes. Javier uh, Bardem set to play King Triton. Jonah Howard King as Prince Eric, who's just some Prince Eric looking dude. Jacob Tremblay as Flounder, which is just some kid it looks like. Listen to this though, guess who's playing Scuttle? She was just in uh, Shang, Shang-Chi. Aquafaba? Yeah, Aquafina. Aquafaba. Aquafaba. <laughs> Bean I'm water. Sorry. No, Aquafina. Really? Uh, yeah, as Scuttle. She's going to be the seagull. She's such a seagull. This is going to be great. I'm really excited for Aquafina as a seagull. Yeah, I really, I would love to see her in more. She was great. Uh, David Diggs as Sebastian. Ursula is going to be played by Melissa McCarthy. Oh, that was, so there was like speculation on that forever. That's going to be good. So that's going to be, yeah, that's really good. That's going to be really good. All right, I got one more for you. Okay, ooh, four today. Yeah, four. We're going for four. Three for three right now. So, study reports that a Disney World one-day ticket could soar past two hundred and fifty dollars by twenty thirty-one. What is it now? It's like one hundred twenty to one hundred and fifty, depending on the seat of the day. By what year? Twenty thirty-one. So ten years. I want to. So, like, I think the math somewhat checks out. Mm. I don't think it's true though, because a study, like, who studied, like. All right. So. Do you, you think I mean? this is do you think this is a real headline or a fake headline that I made up? Yeah, that's what I'm that's what I'm I think it's a fake headline. I'm gonna say it's fake. Oh, it is actually a real headline. Oh. Yeah, this is legit. But huh. the headline is legit. Is the methodology of this study legit? Let's no, I knew the, something was fishy about yeah, the let's study. Talk about that's the why. methodology of the study. Okay. <laughs> so it's uh it was done by Koala, which is a small vacation timeshare company. Oh. So it's not like Stanford University's, you know, economics department here. And I don't think they would take the time to do no. such a the, study. Yeah, the, <laughs> the calculations they did were pretty simple. So what yeah. they did is they looked at, since opening, what was the compounding rate of ticket increase. So it's 7.4% each year. Mm. So they basically just projected out that 7.4% compounding increase. I mean, that's you can't really do that. <laughs> because... Things will act on that ticket price as well. Like it could get to a certain point and then people stop coming, right? Right. There isn't an infinite amount of increase. Yes, in exactly. Point. Like the, the the studies is often cited, you know, they said that London would be covered in um, at the current rate of increase in horse and buggy, that London would be entirely covered by horse poop, you oh, know, yeah. in twenty years. That didn't happen. It never happened. It never got covered in horse poop. The car was invented. They they also included here just a bit of this math. In 1971, when Disney World opened, uh, ticket costs only 350, and adjusting for inflation, that would be 22 dollars today. So it's definitely you know increased more than the rate of inflation. Way more, yeah, yeah, yeah. But if you look at like opening day Disney World and compared it to today's Disney World, there's a big difference right. in like what you get for the money too. Sure, sure. Oh, that's interesting. Cool. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. So three for four. Not bad at all. No. Nice that's work. pretty good. That's pretty good. 
So now it's time for A Stumps J. So this is where um, I test Justin, my husband's trivia, on all things related to Disney World, Disneyland, Walt Disney mm-hmm. himself. What am I forgetting? Orlando. Well, you, I mean, like. I, it's probably important to point out just so the listeners aren't shocked when it happens, but I've actually never gotten one of these wrong. So I expect to continue. That's very incorrect. That's very incorrect. And if you don't believe me, that's fine. I encourage you to go through and listen. No. To Skip to 20 minutes the... in no. if you, when you go back to listen to it. Listen to every single episode. Okay. All right. So here we go. A Stumps J. There is a real Disney vault. Where is it located? Burbank, California. Incorrect. That's a good guess. Would you like one more guess? He's really thinking. South Burbank, California. <laughs> no. So the correct answer is Glendale. Glendale. And it's a real building that, that, that houses. Yeah. Like, um, so it's interesting because um, for all of you that grew up like 90s, 2000s, right? When the Disney Channel started and, and took off, um, a lot of the images in the commercials was the Disney. Like you hear that term, like, oh, the Disney vault. And the commercials would be like the gears turning in a Mickey shape. Um, there really is, which is cool, a Disney vault, and that's where it's located. That is cool. Right? All right. All right. So number two. What was the first Disney movie to be released on home video? The Rescuers Down Under. That is a good guess. You and think I so? Think... <laughs> no, I do... What year did that come out? Do you know? 89 or 90. With the... Down oh, Under. Oh, yeah. So you're not, all... you're not in... You're in... Little Mermaid. A good... Little Mermaid. All right. Yes, yeah, so you're in a good time. The Renaissance, yeah. Um, the uh, yes. Rescue is down under is a little bit little later, older, <laughs> right? Yeah. Many at Disney apparently didn't want it to be released. They're like, "Oh, that's gonna interrupt our theatrical release." But they were surprised about how well it did. And then that's when they started releasing those, um, uh, all of the old ones that were in yes, the vault that pl- only came out in the theater. The plastic clamshells. Yeah, we we used to get those. My my grandmother used to buy us those. <laughs> That's cool. All right, number three. You ready for it? I'm so ready. What was the last movie that Walt Disney himself approved before his death? Mm. This is tough. I, I don't know that you've actually seen this movie. The Aristocats? Yes! Yeah, <laughs> that's like the one classic movie you haven't seen. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, absolutely. So originally the movie was supposed to be a two-part live action on TV uh-huh. to air on the wonderful world of Disney. And then, however, um, Walt changed his mind. It, it was, was like, nope, I think it will be a, another uh, Did you say live action? Did you say live action? Yeah, part, it'll be a two-part live action TV, mo- yeah, TV movie. In in the 60s? Right? 60s or is it Mr. Cat's 70s? Early I was thinking, 70s? Maybe. Doesn't say. Well, if he had, he would have green lit it in the late 60s. Yeah. Yeah. We changed huh. his mind. Thought it would be a great movie. It was a hit. All right. I've got one more. We've got four today. All right. So we all know there's been a lot of talk, right, about Genie Plus. And we all, I think, I don't know, love Genie, right? Love uh, Robin Williams. Go so Robin Williams, of course, was the voice uh, and essence mm-hmm. of the original Genie. Mm-hmm. What was one thing, one request that Robin Williams had of Disney in regards to his character and use of his character. I don't know. that Maybe they that they not use the genie to sell cigarettes. <laughs> or that they want the genie to be both happy and sad. Oh, that's interesting. 
I don't know. What, what All is right, it? so this is this is really great. So number one is Disney did not have enough money to pay Robin Williams. Oh. He did it because he loves kids, so he took like a massive, massive pay. So this was not even in the realm of like what he gets paid to do to do the voice. And then his one request was that they don't use his voice for any kind of merchandising. So you can use it for the movie, but I don't want you to like sell my voice for other things, right? Because then they yeah. have it. Um, so Disney originally agreed. But then they ended up using his voice to sell other products. Did he sue? So that, that caused a huge fight. I, was it so, after he died? No, oh, this is well before he died. No, wow. this is well before he died. But that was one of his like, don't use, you can't use my voice to sell. You can use it for the movie. That's cool. You're already paying me well under yeah. what I, you know. <laughs> yeah. So that caused a huge rift. And then apparently um, Disney tried to make it up by sending him a Picasso. That's a weird move. Weird flex. <laughs> right. That sounds That's like a weird Eisner but, thing to do. Yeah, yeah, right. That would have been around that time. Yeah, weird. But but it also, I have to be honest. Like it made me think. Like so, Disney kind of has this history of like, right? Messing this was with, with talent. Jen, like yeah. they, he this was his request. He did this. Is Robin Williams it was who in agreed the to do this movie? Yeah, you know. Uh, but hopefully, and again, moving forward with, again with all this other genie stuff since his passing, they are not using any of his. We'll now. see when the app comes out. If the, when the, you click on the push notification, no, right? If it's yeah, that won't happen. No, that know, would be in poor taste, especially since he's passed. Yeah. 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 Okay. So now I had mentioned, if you guys listened last week, um, if you all listened last week, that I said I had some exciting Disney news for me. So I am a huge, uh, I'm a huge fan of Lizzo, and Lizzo has a new song where the whole music video is based off of Hercules. Right? She's <laughs> like one directed, of the gospel singers. And yeah, it was directed okay. by Joe Rohde. So Fake news. That's fake news. That would be great. But it's anyway. It's and when I saw it, I like my mouth dropped, and I'm like, oh my, oh my gosh, she's one of the gospel women in the the Hercules um, Disney that was done. So anyway, I absolutely love that, and uh, I think what I'm going to prepare for Justin in the in the coming segments is some more uh, specific trivia based on that movie. Excellent. Some Hercules trivia. That yeah. sounds great. Yeah. I've, uh, I'll have to, well, I'm going to watch that movie before the next episode. <laughs> before the next uh, episode. <laughs> right? I was debating whether to but I'm going to find some good, I've got some things. Yeah. I've got some ideas already. I mean, obviously, my flawless track record to, up to this point <laughs> doesn't, it, it's evidence I don't need to study, but. Yeah, I, I sure, will. sure. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I really would love, I'm going to start to look into, because I would really love to see some representation of Hercules in the parks. Like, why is there none? Uh, so there's a lot in the park based on that time frame of movie, basically, mm-hmm. say, the 90s. Mm-hmm. And so, but I'm wondering, why is there no Hercules? Why are you whispering? <laughs> why is there no Hercules? It's a question I have. Yeah. Um, and I would love it if you are someone listening that um, also loves Hercules or is curious or just has some more information. Yeah. Um, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Uh, write in. Uh, in, please. please write in. It's easydizitpodcast at gmail.com with your Hercules comments and questions or anything else you want to talk about. We'd be happy to read it on the air. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you all for joining us and for joining me. I think you're going to enjoy the, the interview segment that's coming up, and I look forward to talking with you all next week. Bye. Thanks, Autumn. <laughs> Last week on Behavioral Strategies in the Parks. Just kidding, I didn't prepare a reel here. Uh, Please enjoy the second part of Behavioral Strategies in the Park or Avoiding Meltdowns. Because Disney World has engineered its stores 
to get your kids interested in its stuff. The eyelines, product placement, all of that. They know that kids drive sales, right? Uh, requests from kids drive sales. So it's really designed to get them to request you to get things. Can't really blame Disney for this, you know? Um, I can blame Disney for this a little bit, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, this is how they're gonna drive sales. That's a big piece of it, what Disney does. But even take that aside, right? Just seeing other kids have things. Huge motivator for things, right? So this is something everyone's gonna run into. Different kids will react differently to being told no. Um, here's some things we can do to practice ahead of time. There's a really good strategy. It's not gonna work 100% of the time, but honestly, if you can reduce tantrums by 20%, that's pretty good. So are you ready? So when there is something that your kid wants and you are not going to get it for them and you've decided, no, this is not gonna happen, either maybe you don't have the money for it or it's a ridiculous request or um, whatever reason you decide as the parent that you're not gonna provide it to them, you can say no, but you can have this or this. I don't want to confuse this with the old, uh, we have that at home. <laughs> we have brownies at home, because uh, it's not that. Uh, there's a lot of great memes around that. Uh, maybe I'll post some of the show notes. Uh, this is, yeah, this is different than we have that at home. This is, no, you can't have that cookie, but you can have this brownie or this candy bar. So what this does, this does two things. We're cushioning the no, the pain associated with no. And for some kids, this is real. When they hear those words, they're just like, the world is over. I cannot have exactly what I want. So this is a little bit of cushion. It's saying, now it's saying two things. It's saying something else is available. And also I'm gonna give you a choice of those two things. So both of those things are valuable. Just having something and also having the choice of something itself is is motivating so if you can say no we're not getting mickey ice cream but uh, you can ride on my shoulders or you can get a rice krispie treat you know maybe you're concerned about the mickey the mickey ice cream hitting the pavement and you're trying to avoid that trigger because it's 105 degrees outside the no buts don't have to be other things that are going to cost you money they can be social things. They can be choices themselves. They can be really anything you want. So let me give you some examples. No, we can't have that, but you can choose the next ride or you can push your brother in the carriage. That one's free, right? You're saving money now. Or if you've got snacks that you brought with you, that's a good time to use it. No, you can't have that, but you can have cashews or you can have the crackers I brought for myself. You can, have, you can have dad's crackers, you know? There's a little bit something there for you. Uh, but yeah, it doesn't have to be a thing. It can be an opportunity, you know? Uh, no, I'm sorry, we, we, can't, we can't go on that ride right now, but we can stay a little bit longer or head back to the hotel for the pool. This is a good thing to practice ahead of time. So I wouldn't wait till you're in Disney World to practice your no buts. Uh, you can do these kind of arbitrarily. You can do them at Walmart, you know, and it's, he's, he's, they're pulling the chips off the shelf. No, we can't have Lay's, but we can have tortilla chips or pretzels. What do you think? Uh, so if you, you practice this ahead of time, you get them used to this no but. Oh, here's a cool trick. If you can make one of the butts way better than their original request, that's pretty great. And sometimes you can do that and it costs you less money. So, um, and I, I talked about it before, the um, like 
say your kid loves getting up on the shoulders, you know, and that's not something that happens that frequently. No, you can't have the light up toy, but hey, you want to watch the parade from my shoulders or do you want to watch the parade from your mom's shoulders? <laughs> you might want to check with mom before <laughs> you offer that. So this is related to denied requests. It's really delays and Disney World is full of delays. Um, and basically waiting. We're talking about waiting here. So yes, we have to stand in line and we have to wait, you know, 45 minutes, 60 minutes. Hopefully you've done some planning, right? And you can minimize these wait times. I think that's important to, to really avoiding this trigger is minimizing those wait times. You're doing rope drop, you're using a touring plan, uh, you're avoiding the busiest parts of the day. You're gonna just sidestep some of these triggers all together. Now, if we want to work on the motivation of this, right? So what are the motivators that might get a kid to engage in some behaviors you don't want to see while waiting? Um, they probably don't want to wait anymore, right? So you could stop them from waiting by giving them something else to do, right? And these are your line games. We talked about this in other episodes, like reflection points saying, would you rather, or or doing um, rating the rides, or, or talking about what we're going to do next together, or asking them how, you know, how did that last ride go in for you? But just keeping them engaged socially, uh, which, you know, I understand isn't always doable when you're exhausted yourself. But if you can prevent some of these frustrations that the kid has, you can prevent some of these, you know, meltdowns, it might be worth it to put in a half an ounce more or 10 ounces more of, of social engagement work. Uh, you can, if you have older kids, you can recruit them in on this. They want to, uh, they want to, they're 14 or 15 and they want to do the last hour of the park by themselves. Okay, well, guess who's talking to the five-year-old during every line for the rest of the day? <laughs> it's your job. Keep them entertained. Uh, get, recruit. You got to recruit people. This can't all be on you, the listener. So what's related to both these denied requests and these, um, the waiting difficulties is really expectations, right? So your child may expect things, your child almost definitely expects things to go a different way than reality, especially if it's their first time in Disney World. Their expectations are not reality. It might be that they think they're entering a magical land where they get everything they want and princesses talk to them and there's exciting rides and delicious food. And to a large extent, it's true, right? but their expectations will come into contact with reality and that is often a trigger point. So one way that we can alter that trigger is being very clear with our expectations. And there's a bunch of different ways we can do that. You know, if it's expectations we're worried about for rides, you know, we can watch ride through videos. But really, if we're thinking about some of the meltdowns that we see, they're really usually around uh, denied requests. When the expectations that basically they're going to get what they want all the time is not there. So you can talk about this ahead of time, right? You can talk to them about what's going to happen when you get there. We're going to wait in line sometimes. And honestly, sometimes it's going to feel like a really long time. But while we're waiting, these are the things we can do. We can play this game. We can bring this coloring book. We can uh, talk about the rides. So you're, you're, we call, we would call it, you know, priming. You're, you're giving them the expectations ahead of time. Here's another conversation you can have. There will be times we're going to see a lot of cool things in a lot of stores, and you're going to see kids with Mickey balloons and toys, and you're going to want them too. But here's what I can do, you know. And you tell them what you can do. Maybe it's one souvenir for the whole trip. Maybe it's 
only only 10 souvenirs a day you know wherever you are whatever you can do uh, be clear up front so at least at the very least you can say you know this is what i said and this is the way it is so having these discussions with a four-year-old is i mean that's tough you never know exactly how much soaks in right and it's variable <laughs> They might have just heard princesses and candy. <laughs> so what I like to do here uh, is, is provide a visual element. So almost like a visual story. And um, by the time this podcast uh, is released, by the time this episode is released, I probably won't have resources available yet, but I, I would like to provide short visual stories for you to share with your kids. Basically a comic book format, you know, I'm going to Disney World. I will see things that I like and that I want. I won't always be able to get everything I want. My parents say I can get one souvenir for the whole trip. You know, really giving them some expectations, giving them, letting them know what's going to happen in advance and giving them some solutions to problems they might encounter in a visual format before the trip. So I hope to have these out at some point, but this is something you don't need to wait for me to do either. Um, you can make these uh, with you know online software or really if you're a, a talented artist you could make a really cool visual story for them or if you're a really bad artist you could make a stick figure story for them it's really just a, a little bit extra uh, to, to make some of these words you're using a little bit more concrete and so really the elements again letting them know some of the things they're going to encounter they're going to get tired from walking or they're going to get hot or they're going to get hungry and tell them in that story what they can do when they're tired of walking. Hop in the stroller. Tell them what they can do when they're hot. Ask for a cooling towel. Ask to go in a store. And what they can do when they're hungry. Ask for a snack. And then you can tell them in these social stories, here are some things that are going to happen. When, when mom says no, what can I do? And just giving them something to say like, no, I understand. The kid in the story is going to say, no, I understand. Does your kid now say, no, I understand? Maybe, maybe not, you know, but it's, it gives you a little bit, If we, like I said before, if we can get a 10% decrease in probability for a meltdown, you're winning, you're winning. Some other things that we can put in those stories, waiting, I'll have to wait in lines. And here are some things that I can do while I'm in the line. So yeah, I think those visual stories will be a useful aid. Um, they are, those are things that I've used with um, the kids that I've worked with in new situations. And it's really just, it's all about giving the kid an understandable way of seeing what they're going to experience and giving them some tools ahead of time because coaching a kid on calming down when they're really frustrated is impossible. So let's talk about that. So now maybe the meltdown has occurred. And really the thing we're gonna talk about now is how are we going to react to that behavior? You know your kid really well. Try and think about in the past how your reactions have either increased or decreased the elevation of their meltdown, right? Uh, and typically we'd, we'd wanna stay as calm as possible because when we're calm, we show that we're in control. Typically we wanna use as few as words as possible because once again, um, it's not a protracted argument or conversation. You've said your piece, you've made the expectation clear, and you're done talking about it. Uh, so, so 
when when I'm re reacting to, to some of these more serious or or not even serious, but just high intensity behaviors, we're talking tantrums, we're talking meltdowns. I'm trying to stay as neutral and calm as possible, and I'm using as few words as possible. John, get up off the floor. It's time to go. Not John, you got to get up off the floor, but there's people walking all over the place. And if you don't get up right now, uh, we're going to get in trouble. Mickey's on his way. And so is Donald. And things are going to go real poorly if you don't get up right now. And didn't I tell you how much I spent on this vacation? Get up right now. That kid probably heard 10% of what you said. If he's really frustrated, he didn't hear all those words or she didn't hear all those words. So the fewer words you use delivered in as calm way as you can manage and I would not fault you, and you should not fault other people when you see parents get upset. You know, these are really frustrating and embarrassing moments. Um, so maybe we'll just add in here, if you see other parents going through this, it's really, really helpful if you can maintain a non-judgmental attitude and maybe even helpful. I think I mentioned in another podcast, uh, another episode rather, that maybe talking to the adult briefly in this moment to see if there's anything you can get for them or maybe giving the parents something like oh it's warm out here today do you want a water sometimes that like adult interaction can kind of shake a kid um, and just get them out of their um, their frustrations for a moment it can be helpful I'm not recommending that you try and walk up to someone having a hard time with their kid and intervene that's not what I'm recommending at all, please don't do that. Um, in fact, yeah, especially like comments and things like that can be really counterproductive, right, for, for families. So I would keep comments to a minimum, try and be as non-judgmental as possible, even if it's affecting your day. It's not affecting your day as much as it's affecting the child's day and their parents' day. So try and keep that in mind. So the behavior has, the, the tantrum has started, the meltdown has started, you know that you've crossed the point of no return. There's going to be no uh, coming back from this in this moment. What can you do? So there are a few parts of the park um, that are good places to recover. And that might be the case that you can just go to one of these corners, like on Main Street, you can turn down one of those side streets, uh, Main Street and the Magic Kingdom. Same thing at MGM. You can turn down some side streets. Maybe you find a bench. Um, or maybe it's uh, the first aid center in one of the parks if it's nearby. There are some places that you might not need to leave the park and you can just help your child collect themselves. What's important here is that we're clear about how this is going to happen between parents or between adults in the group ahead of time. So we know, right? Because this is, we talk about decisions, right? A lot on this podcast and decisions are easier when they're already made. So we could say really clear, if Johnny drops to the floor and screams, we're going to take him to a different location. So there's no, you know, should we, what, uh, should we um, in the moment, right? Cause that's really uncomfortable and it's easier if you just know, oh, we're going. So we, we know what will precipitate the adults making that kind of change. Or maybe we know with our kids, it might be that they need to leave the park entirely. So we know maybe if, if Johnny starts throwing items, right, that could be dangerous. If he throws something, then we're leaving, right? And you know that ahead of time. And maybe maybe it's just one adult is leaving. If you, if you have two adults, it, maybe it could be that way that, you know, one adult leaves and they know that, okay, on Tuesday, uh, it's Justin's job, it's dad's job to, to leave if the tantrum gets out of hand. In so doing, making that decision ahead of time, you will be able to enjoy 
your experience a little bit more after the tantrum, right? Uh, there isn't that guilt associated with, you know, someone else leaving because that was the decision. You know, on Magic Kingdom Day, you know, dad's, dad's taking him out. And, you know, Animal Kingdom Day, because mom doesn't really like Animal Kingdom, then Animal King, then mom will go ahead and leave um, if, they, if she has to with, with the child. So yeah, have a clear escape plan, lay it out ahead of time, talk about it ahead of time, because you don't want to be talking about it. 90 degree weather, kids on the ground screaming, there's jolly music chiming in the background, and maybe you're an hour late for lunch. You don't want to have the discussion then. So have it ahead of time, have it ahead of time. That's like a theme on this podcast. Have the discussion ahead of time. All about the planning. All right, so I could talk a lot more about this, but I won't, um, not today anyway. I think this is another great episode that we can repeat again and again and add in some new strategies. And part of that is gonna be your feedback. So if you've gone to Disney World, Disneyland, or really anywhere, if you've ever been a place with a kid <laughs> and some things have worked for you and some things have not worked for you, please email me, easydizitpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to incorporate your suggestions on the next version of the show. And hey, if you're really passionate about it and you want to come talk about it, that could work too. So please do so. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope your next vacation is as unmeltdowny as possible. Thank you for joining us for our segment, Not My Thing, where we talk to someone who with Disney is maybe not quite their thing. While you may not agree with everything we talk about here, it's always good to keep uh, other people's perspectives in mind. Um, And I hope that you come away from this discussion with maybe uh, a small change in, in your own perspective or no change in your perspective. Either is fine, as long as you have fun. All right, so... Uh, my friend Nelson uh, agreed to come uh, today to talk uh, to a little bit about his opinion on Disney, um, and I, you know, share some of my own opinion on Disney with him, and we're going to have a little discussion. So, uh, yeah, Nelson, thank you so much for making the time to uh, come and talk to me tonight. Oh, well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Uh, so, to start, would you like to just tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, I um, work for the... Uh public school system doing IT work. Cool. Cool. I'm also in the public school system. Nice. Uh, all right. Let's get right into it. So in general, how much do you love Disney? <laughs> well, it's a, it's a constant back and forth because like I, I find like Disney is one of those subjects that like my mind wants to dart kind of back and forth between, oh, I, I really love this aspect, but then there's this dark underbelly that kind of like mm-hmm. just keeps peeking up at me. Like I, 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 I don't want to think about those things, but like <laughs> I, I can't help it. <laughs> respect that. I respect that. Disney uh, creates a lot of entertaining media, right? But there are some things that, well, I guess we'll get to specifics later. First, let's start about maybe your history with Disney. So like growing up, did you watch Disney movies? Did you go to the Disney park? Um, well, I went to the park around six years old. I don't have a lot of memories of that. Yep. Uh, but uh, then when I look at like how my perspective on life is, it might have affected me quite a bit actually. Huh. Well, it's just, you know, I, I'm a person who is so into almost uh, surrealism and um, that 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 kind of that 
you know, the, this creating another world to live within yes. uh, can be a really beautiful thing. No, I'm, I'm with that 100%. I think that's one of my top favorite things about Disney is that um, the, the fantasy element, really, and um, the, the, ult, the alternate universe, in a way. Uh, they, they call it, um, Disney fans call it the Disney bubble uh, in the parks. And when you're within it, you're kind of stuck in that reality. <laughs> They're good at keeping you there. Yes. So, all right. So more specifically, we've talked about a couple of things uh, prior, but like, what is it that you dislike about Disney? Either the parks or the media, the corporation, however you want to approach it. Well, I mean, there's, there's a lot of different angles that that can come from because mm. um, you have like the, the historical perspective and, and more of like that um, essentially like, you know, Disney is, uh, was kind of founded off of Mickey Mouse, which was founded after, what, World War I? Uh, somewhere between World War I and World War, War II was when Mickey Mouse came out, which was a time where um, actually children's literature was at a low in the culture. Okay. Um, and I, I, I kind of think it's inspired by Winnie the Pooh um, because it's only a few years apart between Winnie the Pooh and Mickey Mouse. Okay. Um, but when it, when you, you you go from there, you have um, the governmental perspective. There there's the aspect of the war films that happened, yeah, um, and some of the things that go on down there. Because I, I became really fascinated with watching a lot of those old, yeah, films. yeah, a lot of the uh, like uh, like Warner Brothers as well, right? A lot of the yeah. Oh, um, yeah. they there was some really racist stuff, like just to put it out oh, there, yeah. terribly racist things. Well, I mean, one of the things that, that, that has like kind of a cult uh, cult favorite was uh, Der Fuhrer's face, which was Donald Duck. And uh, the thing that was kind of like shocking to me about that video is the number of swastikas that show up on screen. Yeah. It's it's really a weird reality that, that was going on. But but that was the culture at that time at the same, th at the same time. Now, I, I'm not familiar with the film. I imagine it wasn't a, a flattering like it, no, 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 uh, it, no, absolutely not. Like it, it, it was supposed to be anti, but Got the it. idea that that it's flooding your your your, your brain yeah, 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 yeah. with that imagery seems to give more power to the imagery that that, that, that it does take away from it. Because it's ultimately making fun of it. Um, but then, just a few years later, you have uh, Song of the South. Yes, which I've seen. I've seen Song of the South. And, and uh, then that zippity doo becomes so iconic when it was based off of a Civil War racist folk song. So that, I did not know that it was based off a Civil War racist folk song. Well, it's inspired I, by. It's not it. necessarily based off of, it's inspired by. Inspired by, all right. I mean, catchy tune. It's a catchy right. tune. I whistle that tune. That is why. But that's also why there's an insidious aspect because yeah. you get this thing stuck in your head for years, yeah. and then somebody tells you that, and you're like, "Oh man, <laughs> I whistle that at work." I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think everybody has gone through some phase where they've whistled that. <laughs> wow, wow. So, so I mean, all right. I see where you're coming from, and I see that you know it sounds like history. Uh, Disney has had. Some, you could say a dark history. I think even things that back then that were socially acceptable now, you know, through the passage of time, we've realized that those are, I'm not saying they were acceptable back then, but we're coming to realize that now. And maybe uh, like the dominant cultural groups are starting to acknowledge that those things were messed up back then, you know? Yeah. Um, but 
So putting that aside, and I mean, it's a big thing to put aside, but you know, <laughs> uh, currently Disney, uh, yeah. I know that um, there's been a lot of um, discussion, especially, you know, prior to the pandemic about labor rights in Disney. Yes. Uh, I don't know if you followed any of that. Um, I have not heard anything the, the, the last couple of years. I, I have read a lot of articles that were around the 2018 to 2020 period of time. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, um, there's a lot of like shocking kind of human rights abuses almost in, oh. in the way that, that employees were treated. You know, the idea that, that employees were um, oftentimes in and out of having a home. You know, yeah. sometimes homeless working in a park that's supposed to be this happy, wonderful place and the, or, or not having health insurance or not being able to feed themselves and their kids. Now, those are those are really shocking uh, elements. And it seems to be justified by this notion that, you know, they're almost privileged for getting to work in that environment for some reason. Yeah, there is, from what I understand, uh, like the onboarding process for Disney involves a lot of, um, you know, I, I don't know exactly what they call it, but basically like getting you used to their culture, their their corporate culture. And you might look at that as an outsider, as like mild brainwashing, where you're basically, you're part of this family, you're part of this machine that's making magic and you're lucky to be here. And, and that allows them to, um, ask more of their employees than I think a lot of um, companies get away with, you know, as far as dress, as far as low pay and um, inflexibility and work schedules and things like that. So, yeah, no, I've heard those stories, too, about community food programs for people working at Disney. Um, not unlike really, and, and I'm, I'm not trying to say, you know, other corporations do it, too. So it's OK for Disney to do it. But I mean, if you look at Walmart, you know, it's the number one employer in the United States and yep. the bulk of their employees are at that bottom tier. And many of them, I, I don't, you know, don't have the numbers, but many of them would qualify for governmental assistance for, for food, you know, SNAP assistance. Well, yeah, I mean, it's an overall American problem in general. I mean, if you look at the way Amazon people are treated, you know, like workers within America at, at that low status level are treated in, in a manner that is, you know, borderline dehumanizing. You know, yeah. it's it's not the same type of uh, abuse that, 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 that you know, I, I and, and it's funny because I, that makes me think of Zippity Doodah and the notion that here's this slave in, on a plantation yeah. singing about how happy he is to be the slave. Yeah. So there, there is that element, whereas like, yes, you know, American culture is this way, but at the same time, with the amount of money that, that Disney racks in, especially nowadays with the almost monopoly status hmm. of the, the amount of different um, elements that they've been able to buy up, right. becomes problematic in, in that why can't they pay a living wage? Yeah, no, absolutely. I think there's no excuse for any company at all to not pay a living wage i'm with you on that oh yeah um we work to live so work should help us live you know uh, and to yeah yeah I, that's all i got to say there i guess yeah. well um, well it's that it's that thing because there's the there's the successes of disney and then there's the things that that i wish were different and that's an element of the things that i wish were different but at the same time if you look at the people who are the imagineers 
or the people that 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 make the animation or or the people the people that work within those fields are living very good lives where they're actually able to inspire entire generations mm -hmm. with the material and that's the the thing that's the biggest like back and forth for me is I love what's been produced. I love the, especially the old films yeah. and, and some of the newer ones, but, but really the old ones really hit me a lot. Yeah. And, and when my, 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 my son came up, I showed him about 70% of like all Disney films. Mm. You know, we would just watch Disney films every week. And, and it's because the imagination and the level of the, what was going on was so exceptional and that nothing else was giving that opportunity, especially mm. early on. Yeah. Like nowadays, you can say there's many other opportunities. There's some but. competition. Yeah, for sure. But he was uh, groundbreaking, groundbreaking. Yeah. I mean, so let me tell you what, what frustrates me the most, right? Yeah. So the the vision, right, and the ingenuity that goes into the, the Disney parks, you know, the Imagineers, these crazy ideas and putting it together and making it happen. The amount of work and craft and creativity that goes into what they do is awesome and awe-inspiring for me. Yeah. But, and and what, what drives me nuts, but at the same time, all those things I just said about capitalism, and I find it really hard to see how all that could exist without this capitalist engine behind it. Like how else could the amount of capital required to generate that be pooled? And I'm, I'm not sure that there is, and I'm, I'm not even sure if that's like a, a justification for its existence, you know, um, I don't know. Well, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different angles to that in and of itself there, because yeah, I mean, in, in that you, you, you start looking at, well, what's the nature of capital to begin with? Uh, it, it, it is overall an imaginary system. That's true. You know, it, we, we created this value to this thing, whereas a group of people can come together and create a civilization without capital. Yeah. A group of people can come together and create a, 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 a amazing things without capital. I mean, but could they create the Disney World? <laughs> I mean, if, if the inspiration of the culture was to do so, yes. Oh, I want to start that culture, man. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah, no, yes. We need, uh, we need a complete takeover. Uh, Disney, Disney for president. <laughs> so we've gone to a, a corporatocratic, I don't know how to say it, model. That's what we've decided on. And Disney's in charge. What would that look like? What would what would a, a corporate ruled a Disney corporate ruled America look like? We'd all dress really similar, I think. Well, maybe we all have to wear costumes every day. Yeah, but now we're allowed to have tattoos because of the the fifth key. Did you hear about that? Uh, yes, yes, I heard. That. Wonderful, actually. Like, I mean, I was, I was glad that they're making those changes. Right. Right. And so I see this and I think Disney even more than, you know, I'm, I'm, I will trash talk corporations all day, but I think Disney more than other corporations. And I'm sure a lot of it, there's a profit motive because they want to appear progressive. You know, I don't think corporations have souls, <laughs> but I think Disney more than other corporations makes these attempts to visibly be not terrible, for lack of a better term, you know, with the fifth key, whether it's you know, they're remodeling Splash Mountain now. They're getting rid of Zippity Doodah, you know. <laughs> Some people are really upset about it, <laughs> which is upsetting to me, you know. But, um, you know, they and they what they did on the Pirates of the Caribbean. Did yes. you hear about that? Yeah. 
So they're like, you know, getting rid of let's let's remove um, human trafficking from this children's ride. But 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 we keep it in our gift shop. Yes, well, right. Well, if there's money to be made, Nelson. <laughs> uh, the whole sweatshop labor scandals for for the longest time. Oh, see, I'm not. See, that doesn't surprise me, right? Because I know Nike and I know other, you know, corporations utilize labor in other countries where it's not closely monitored yeah. and so that's been a thing with disney oh as well. just about um just about all of their products have some type of nefarious background um it's uh you know like again like uh, i'm not up on what's happened within the last couple of years but up until like 2018 i know there were still reports of of you know slave labor in, in other countries to produce those things and again like you you're producing imagery that is supposed to be this beautiful, wonderful, innocent thing. And in the background, you know, you could just see a child crying, you know, like there's, there's, there's a really yeah. like dark element to that. Yeah, there is. So, and again, like when I, we, I talk about these things, I think about these things, um, doesn't necessarily stop me from participating with the media. Of course. And um, it's, I think it's one of those things where, there's a fault is a false equivalency the right word i'm not sure but you kind of get sucked into this thing like well the world sucks in a million different ways and this is how i'm participating in my sucky world yes. <laughs> um so but that's not to say we can't you know have these conversations we can't you know i don't know if we're uh if we own disney stock <laughs> vote <laughs> um with with that uh power um, you know, I'm not sure that there are really solutions other than, but I, I think uh, not thinking about it and not talking about it isn't a solution. Well, uh, well, yeah, I mean, like, ultimately, like, the reason to address these things is not necessarily to not enjoy the things that we enjoy. The reason to address these things is that when we make future choices and when we choose who we're going to vote for or when we choose the, um, the politics that we're going to take into our day-to-day -day life, you know, it is important for us to recognize that darkness that, that lies behind the surface. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I'm, I can support that. I can support that. So, all right. So given everything we've said, if I said, hey, uh, so Nelson, when are you going to Disney World? What's the answer? Um, I mean, it would depend. Like, uh, you know, there's the aspect that, that if I was going with my son, I'd bring my son. Definitely. You would? So you would, you would bring but your son. But that's, that, it's almost like a childhood loophole there. Like, like, yes. that, 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 like if, if you have a kid, like, there, there's no doubt you're going. Like, that's going to happen. No but, you know, if, if somebody asked me to go, I, I, I would probably go. Like, I feel a lot, uh, very similar almost to how I feel about cruises. Mm. Because I know that there's a lot of exploitation that goes on with the people who are on the ships. Exploitation that goes on on the islands that are visited. Yeah. You know, the politics of the countries that are visited and all those aspects. And so there's a lot of things that, that I'm, that I like cringe at yeah. that take away a little bit of the enjoyment of such a thing. But at the same time, I want to go, I want to go see the world. And then that's the same type of thing. Like I want to go see the world that Disney has created. And, and that, you know, now it's so much more enticing because of all the different properties that they own. Yeah. You know, the, the, the notion that, that the now Marvel and, yeah. you know, like so much Star Wars. built up and then cutting edge technology, everything else that goes into it. It's like, yeah. it's such an experience. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree. I agree. Um, it's enticing for sure. Uh, and 
I don't know. Maybe it's kind of like maybe uh, we can approach some kind of um, carbon neutral model. So like, you, if you fly in an airplane, you pay a Brazilian to plant you some trees. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe we need to like I need to like pay a, a security group to break up a sweatshop in Indonesia or something. <laughs> I don't know. Start a commune somewhere. I don't know. Think about it. <laughs> All right. Um, all right. You know, Nelson, thank you so much for taking the time to uh, talk to me today. I really appreciated your your input, your perspective. Um, and uh, yeah, just thank you so much for being honest. You know, I, I really appreciate your honest. Uh, well, and, and, you know, yeah, I mean, it is a difficult subject to speak about because some people have such strong feelings when it comes to the subject matter. Um, for sure. Which I, I, is why I think it's important to show both sides of the, 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 the aspect. But um, yeah, I mean, like this was a lot of fun. Thank you very much. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Nelson. All right. Thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. Please reach out to easydizitpodcast at gmail.com with any questions, corrections, or Hercules-themed music video links. Follow Easy Dizit on Instagram for daily infotainments and inspirations. And if you're thinking about a Disney or Universal Studios trip, I'd be happy to set up a time to talk to you and answer any questions you may have. Get in touch. All right, until next time, Easy Dizit.